All right. Episode 17 is about to rock and roll. Charlie Sisiak. Good on. wipes. <laughs> Anelia. Krebs. Social nature. Before we get started, as I did on the last episode, I'm not going to act like nothing's going on out there. It's platforms like this. It's CEOs, it's founders, it's high-level management. Talk about it, folks. Let it be known what your position is. You don't need to post things uh, and then sort of go on your way. It's okay to continue to talk about it. Let it be known. Dig deep inside yourself. Make a position. Lead the way that you want to be led. Make a voice, get behind the good cause, because the reality is there really is no uh, right side of this. There's only one. Let's all be good people, folks. Let's do that. Uh, so with that said, let's talk about hygiene, Charlie. Let's do good it. Wipes, give it to us. Uh, I've got some funny stuff I was going to do, and I'm like, oh, my God, do I, am I doing that stuff? But I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> Tell us about Good Whites, how did it start, who's behind it. Uh, give, give us the story. Yeah, I'll give you kind of 30,000 feet. I know we have a short format here. Um, but the story starts my freshman year of college, Florida State University, did the whole football school party deal, um, and I did the fraternity thing. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where this started. I met my business partner there the first or the second day of school. Um, and yeah, when you think these schools, you think, you know, football, Greek life, tailgates in the front yard. I'm talking John Belushi style stuff, <laughs> filthy homes. Uh, and it was in one of these, these nasty restrooms upstairs, communal style. I'm walking in and somebody's walking out. We kind of, we kind of brush shoulders and I look down and there's this other guy and we're both holding these huge bags of baby wipes. Uh, and it was in this moment where we were like, hold on, wait a second, like somebody else does this too. Uh, was, we thought it was just this bizarre hygiene routine that we had ourselves and had kind of kept secret. Um, so as my business partner today, uh, Sam Nebel, and we say that in that moment, we bonded over butt wipes. Um, and yeah, like we're freshmen, we don't know anyone, we're, we're kind of walking on eggshells. And in my mind, we can't tell anybody but we're going to get thrown out of this house, kicked off campus. Uh, Sam's a little bit more vocal than I am, a little bit more bold. And he's like, I don't know, man. I think we need to own this. Uh, so we went on a crusade. And within 30 days, we had all 50 guys in that house wiping and using baby wipes. We're like, all right, this is kind of cool. People are changing their hygiene routines. Uh, but what we quickly learned is that they weren't changing their purchasing patterns. They were coming into our room, but they weren't buying themselves put the ear to the street. What's the bit here, guys? Number one, brands weren't, weren't communicating with today's busy and active consumers. There weren't, there weren't brands that people could, that could align with. Uh, and that really kind of spoke their language, a very commoditized uh, few categories and spaces. Um, and then number two, packaging solutions. Uh, we knew that we had this hygiene routine at home that helped us feel good, clean, and confident. But a lot of times, uh, those byproducts are, are more valuable out of the house than in the house. And there wasn't a packaging solution that was uh, that would live by our side when and where we needed the most. Um, as 19-year-old college kids, uh, that information really didn't mean much to us. And even if it did, we wouldn't know what to do with it. 
fast forward a few years, Sam and I learned that we love uh, to work together um, and serve people through experiences. And then through a, fran a kind of a bizarre franchise experience, we really fell in love with the relationship that brands share with consumers. Um, about a year or two out of college, we were able to save up a little bit of money, not a ton of money, um, less than $100,000 between the two of us. And uh, we decided to take what we learned and, and our passion of, of staying clean and doing more and put it behind uh, this, this thing that people knew us as, as the wipes guys. So we launched Good Wipes about six and a half years ago. It's our cool, progressive, eco-friendly take on wet wipes. And we do it for one simple reason, it's to inspire people. And when we say inspire people, we literally mean to put people in spirit of doing more, feeling good, and living clean. Um, and today we play in the paper category. Uh, flushable wipes is a subcategory of paper, a lot of feminine hygiene, um, face and body wipes across different channels and platforms. Fine, we're gonna get into all the different things that you are doing, but we're gonna rewind a bit. We're talking parties, we're talking college, <laughs> we're talking brushing shoulders, we're talking football, we're talking booty wipes. Yes. That's what started it, okay? It got into the mind. Then you started doing little little tests, community tests with the, with yeah. the homies, right? And Bingo. you recognized that there's something here. Now, fast forward a couple years, which we will jump to. Uh, cool. What was it and, and how was it that you did start the business? Give us the framework of getting from concept to commercializing the first product. Yeah, so we were involved, I, I think as, as entrepreneurs or problem solvers, it's kind of in your DNA to just like kind of figure things out. And we were, the franchise we were involved in was a company called Complete Nutrition. And I say that because they did 100% of their own brand and marketing in-house and about 80% of their own procurement. So we got a lot of exposure on, on how things work. And, um, and we were able to ask, it was, a, it was a different lane and channel, but we were able to ask a lot of questions. Um, Alibaba was just coming on the market at the time, Thomas Net, uh, and it literally started with a Google search. And, you know, we were opening up stores and as customers were coming in, like, oh, you guys are younger, kind of like, what's the drive? I do this. And just relationally, people were like, hey, reach out to this guy. And I mean, I'm sure as you have these conversations, people are just astonished with the number of ingredients and components that go into building one product. In my mind, we're calling up a contract manufacturer. I kind of tell them what I want and we're done. And they're asking me questions like, what's the substrate? What's the weight? And like all this stuff. I'm like, I just want a white. And uh, so there's a huge learning curve, a lot of education. Um, we, we, you know, we thought, uh, I hear you say five times the time, five times the money. We, we say 3X on both of those. We thought we were going to be the market in like 60 days. Uh, we didn't have a minimum viable product for, I think it was nine or 10 months. And it was embarrassing. Um, what, when you did have the first product, I'm assuming it looked like what normally comes with baby wipes. If you have kids out there, we all know what it looks like. And mm -hmm. now because fast forward, this is a, a real category uh, in terms of adult usage. Um, did it come in the packaging that I can picture in my head right now? Yeah, so it actually, we started off, a part of the story that we don't talk about often is that when Sam and I would go out, we would put we would put baby wipes in like sandwich bags and have them in our pockets. And we're like, how can we just make this more accessible and relatable to this active lifestyle that we're living? So we started off with a differentiator of sachets. They're individually wrapped wipes. They come in a box of like 30 wipes. Um, and we started, we had no idea. We just, it was just a passion for building and like trying to solve this, this problem. 
And we started selling at America's Mart here in Atlanta. Uh, so like mom and pop shops, gift shops, they have no, the copy's funny, right? And it can start a conversation, but they have no business. They have no volume or velocity for, a, you know, a sub $5 product. Um, but we learned a lot uh, very early on through that process of independent retailers. I think we brought on about 1,100 retailers the first year. And we were getting a ton of feedback and we made iterations on that first line of products to take it into kind of gen two of that. Very cool. Okay. So as you start the process of distribution and distribution points, you're mm -hmm. getting the feedback that's required. Everybody who's in startup mode and even getting into second and third phase, you got to be listening. You got to listen mm -hmm. to what people are saying. It's, yep. it's not, it's not your brand anymore. It's the customers, right? Correct. So um, yep. you make the proper sort of uh, changes to the offering. Um, so that we can move this into sort of the second and third phase of the business. Um, when did you start getting into the second and third offerings that I'm seeing on the website? Folks, if you take, take a look at their website, we're not just talking booty wipes anymore. We are talking a full, full, full on hygiene company, both men and women. Uh, give yep. us a couple of those products and how did you get into those? Yeah. So, I mean, so two categories that we play in that are big. Um, I'll backtrack. When we, were, when we were doing the independent shops, we started learning that travel shops, like luggage stores, there's not even that many anymore, uh, they would pick up the product and it would do kind of well. Uh, but the volume wasn't there. And we're like, hey, how's it doing? We want to serve you guys better. And, and they're saying, well, the product's doing really well. I'm like, you've ordered like 500 bucks this year. What are you talking about? So I'm like, well, we're open for like four hours a day, four days a week. And I'm like, okay, like we're never going to hit the volume here. Um, and we were actually, I, I do want to talk about just understanding channel and like in, in customer and shopper velocity early on, because we were going after all these niche markets, but people weren't looking for our types of product there. And we didn't have the funding to educate. Uh, so we were going after all these, these niche shops, but we would never realize the volume and velocity that we needed to grow into this company that we wanted to be. Uh, and we actually had the luxury and the blessing to do an accelerator program based out of Cincinnati. You have PNG, you have Kroger. Uh, so they started dumping all of this data on us. And they're like, hey, this is what them high looks like. This is what paper looks like. And the, the shopper velocity and grocery for this category is actually 3X in this channel, maybe in drug. And so we honed in on two categories, them high in, in drug and in mass. Um, in grocery, it's, it's there, but it's not really it's not that strong. Um, and then we're pushing in, in masks for the moisture tissue our flushable stuff. Um, and also, uh, and also in grocery. So understanding where, where our, our, our community and our people were actually shopping for the style of product was super important for us. And it turns out that the fem high category was pretty dormant. And at the time there was really one key, one driver summer's Eve, We've always referred to them as, and I, I don't want to badmouth them, but it's your grandma's dish. It's just like an old school brand that has, unfortunately, uh, kind of like a, a lot of negative heritage with their historical type of education. Um, we've just learned a lot and that has stuck with them. So consumers are looking for a little bit more flavor, a little bit more fun, different language, destigmatize these taboos. Um, so, you know, we're, we're two guys. So we, we brought some girls on the team. We started asking some more questions. And since STEM high was a more aggressive and progressive category, and our consumer set at that time was 90% female, we said, this is where we're going to lean in. 
Um, so we kind of dialed down the knob a little bit on the flushable stuff, even though that's why we started. And we started really serving who was in front of us and who was kind of like feeding us with information on how we can do and serve better. Um, and, and through that, uh, an interesting story, and I, a lot of people can probably learn from this, we took a deal early on with Walmart. Um, we're, not, we're, not, we're not with them right now. The deal was, it, like, I mean, on paper, it sounded awesome, right? Like, we knew that we needed velocity. We didn't really know how many stores, where we'd be on shelf. We didn't know how to, we didn't even know to ask those questions. 500 doors across the nation. You, you couldn't market, you, you, can, you can't market that, right? Like, you can't drive traffic and go to awareness in a, for an embryonic brand for that type of footprint. Um, we ended up hanging around for two years. The gift there was that Target actually saw the brand there. It was kind of more in line with their tone of voice and consumer set. And they were like, why didn't you guys come back? Um, so Target kind of brought us in and we've had an awesome relationship with their buyer. To your point, always asking questions, comparing data and seeing where we can grow. Um, so we do quite a few offerings in the feminine hygiene space. Uh, butt wipes for guys and gals, uh, the face and the body wipes, a lot of gym activation and stuff there. Um, and then not on the website, we're also exploring as we talk about the fem high category, meeting community at different parts in their hygiene routine. So in two, in two clusters in New York and in California, probably like this for you, um, we have two washes and a scrub that, that we're offering. And the key there was that data was showing that 95% of baskets left the category for sub $5, but there wasn't a better for you wash or scrub under $5. So part of our, part of our bit here is premium products at an accessible price point, because we don't believe that your income level should dictate the quality of the goods that you're putting on your body. Um, give us, so yeah. give us three or four retailers that you're in right now. The, the biggest ones So you you mentioned target who give us, give us like three or four, just so I can frame this for a sec. Yeah. So tar target CVS, um, we're, we do HEB, um, and then I would say a lot of airport distribution, a lot of airport uh, distribution. Just did when right you in. mentioned travel before, it was the first thing that came. I mean, of course, travel is going to have to come back here. So, of course, you're going to you're going to take a hit there. Um, yep. let, let's now fast forward, knowing that now you have uh, multiple offerings in the hygiene category. That's phenomenal. Yep. So you're building you're building a hygiene brand. Um, Definitely, like you noted, uh, you, you sort of leaned into what was working. It's, it's mostly female, correct? Um, you, of Today, course, yep. br bring on, bring on uh, women onto your team. Sounds like that's a necessity. Uh, yeah. I would definitely encourage that. Um, I mean, you, you can't have biceps, you know, pumping biceps like you were uh, the, the whole time before. Um, with that said, with that said, let's talk about where we're, we're at. I, I'm an optimist, so I, I, I feel like we're gonna open up the economy a bit here. We're now dealing yeah. with something else, of course, but, but let's talk about SIP. Let's talk a little bit about Corona. We all heard what happened at the beginning of this thing, uh, mid-March, uh, early April, uh, people going ape shit, no pun intended, over that category, uh, did you see the lift there, and was it both at retail and direct to consumer? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great question. So, I, I'm sure for you, yeah, I mean, your like eating patterns are are different right now, um, and I think that if if you really listen there, there's some solid hacks. Like for us, we call them, people are are pooping the same amount as they have in the past, but now there's more at home poop. 
So the flushable stuff, like that's, it's a much larger category than fem high. And that's, that's where we want to go um, because we just know that dry paper gets the job done. Um, and I think it'll, it, I, I honestly believe it'll be embarrassing to only buy or offer dry paper in the next three to five years. Uh, and so to start, we've actually seen a lot of opportunity, one on shelf, they, we can't stock the shelves right now. I mean, if you go into public down here in the South, they're literally selling consumer paper from Georgia Pacific down the road because they can't keep consumer stuff in. So for us, you know, a lot of restroom use historically, you're, you know, you're out of the house 70% of the day that of, of, your, of your waking hours and you're using commercial products. Now that you're home, you're using consumer products. So we're seeing sales go up across all platforms. Um, and, you know, we've been, behind the, we've been behind the eight ball on our DTC experience. Uh, wasn't a sweet spot of our... We like to be in the room. Um, Amazon we used as like an activation discovery platform, and we saw good velocity and volume. Not super profitable for us, um, but we leaned we leaned in there early on. Uh, however, it, I mean we've seen literally 10x growth on our website in the past 75 days. Um, some of that's a channel shift, right, from from Amazon, but it gave us the opportunity there. Um, and I think yeah, I think there's I think there's opportunity. It's not easy work, like we're, pro we're solving problems again, but there's, there's opportunity for a lot of brands out there to kind of reframe the narrative. And it may, it, you, you may be reframing the narrative on the problem that you're solving, that you're used to selling, but if people like your products, they're still gonna want them and they're still gonna use them. I like it. I mean, I, we're gonna do a second episode with you because there's so much, I, I, for some reason, I don't know why, when I saw this come up, I mean, we're at 17 and we got so many cool episodes coming too. But when I saw this, I was super pumped about it. I mean, it must be yeah. the, weird, the weirdness in me. Um, I, I want to do a uh, second episode with you because we, cool. I, there's, there's like 10 more things I want to talk about. So I want to end it with, um, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great brand. I, I, I've seen it. I think you guys have a, a, a cool um, a piece to it, just your personalities and the way that sure. you're articulating it. Um, so, I mean, I wish you nothing but the, but success. I mean, it's hygiene and there are opportunities there. Um, and the way that you're developing it and the way that I can see you developing it is really cool. Um, so cool, man. I, I wish you nothing but success. And, and we are, we are going to do a second episode. I'm telling you that. Um, I appreciate it. And Hey, keep, keep, keep grouping people, keep getting us together on here. The LinkedIn stuff is fire. Uh, it's gritty and it's real. Uh, and I know I, I'm attracted to that and there, a lot of people have an affinity towards that. So if I could encourage you to do one thing, uh, it's keep being vulnerable and open and open in your communication and the growth and the, in, uh, and building your company. Appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Charlie. Um, all right. Analia. Hey. Analia with social nature. I think that you connect brands and customers. Am I right? You're right on. I want you to tell us about that. Love it. So I've been promoting good stuff direct to consumer for about 10 years. This is my second business. Uh, I sold my first company and, uh, but the mission goes on uh, and it just evolves with the times. And so social nature is all about helping people, everyday consumers uh, discover better for you products. Um, and we help them make the switch. And when I got into this business uh, 10 years ago, I noticed, and the, and the same problems are still there. It's, you know, what are the top three barriers with a new better for you product? First, for most people, when they're trying to make a switch, 
it's, oh, that's a little more expensive. Second is, why is this better? So education. Uh, and then third is, you know, can it, can it meet all the demands of a, you know, can it be get a price? Can I easily find it? Can it work well? Um, okay, then I'll make the switch. So there's a lot to get the average consumer to, to make a switch to a new brand. And, and what I've learned is that only about 17% of people's baskets are classified with better for you products. So there's still a lot of room to grow. And so what my mission and what I'm passionate about is let's start changing people's cupboards. Like if people open up their fridge, what, you know, what can we swap out to a better for you product, whether it's the medicine cabinet or the refrigerator or the cleaning cabinet. Um, these are, these are the everyday choices people are making. And so we can have a diff make, we can make a difference if we introduce people to a healthier, healthier or better for you or more sustainable for the planet option, you know, on those everyday choices. And most people are using, you know, they're purchasing 200 products a year and it's generally the, more or less the same products, you know, 20% of those might sw swap out. Um, and so my job is to try to introduce them to something new so that they can discover a healthier, better alternative. And so we do that through product sampling. We do that through product reviews um, that have been, you know, products that have been tried and tested by other community members so people can trust those reviews um, and, and decide to make a purchase based off that. Or um, every now and then they'll be selected for a product sample themselves that they can try at a store near them um, or direct to home, mail to, mail to them. Um, and then we're starting to introduce some, some discounts as well for those D2C brands that um, uh, aren't necessarily in store or maybe can't afford to give away a free product. Um, and so what, what, what I've been finding really interesting um, in the last couple of months is, is really uh, brands are starting to see us as an alternative to in-store demos uh, because we, we have this half a million and growing community um, that's interested in making a switch to a better for you option. Uh, as, as you both well know, you know, the, the in-store sampling options or consumer event sampling options have gone to the wayside for now. Um, and so brands everywhere are starting to rethink, how do I do discovery? How do I do education? How do I do sampling? Um, and, and so we've, uh, we've become a solution that, that more and more brands are, are kind of considering now, whereas they might've been, you know, in the, in the in-store demo track or, or, you know, with those more traditional shopper marketing options. But, um, uh, I think, you know, there's, there's some, there's some good things that have come from this, which is really brands thinking about how can I have a more efficient and effective, uh, sampling option that's, that's going to support my retailers. That's going to give me more bang for my buck. That's maybe going to give me some insights along the way. Um, and, and how can I leverage the best like digital to, to get better targeting, more feedback. So it's, you know, it's in a, it's a bit of an, a accelerated, um, these are things that I know everyone is working towards and was working towards, but it's here now. So you help brands and customers. So that's a, that's a plus on both sides. So yeah. you're connecting brands with customers, vice versa. Uh, you will be able to check that out on her site because there's info there. You're also going to be able to check out some of Charlie's stuff over here. I appreciate having both of you on. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, keep your head up. Keep your voices 
heard, and I will talk to you both soon. All right, guys, have a great one. Bye, Bye everyone.